uh, back over to South America and say once again uh, hello to John Bonfiglio, who's Talk Radio's Latin American correspondent. John, good morning to you. Good morning, James. Thank you very much indeed for joining us once again. Uh, let's uh, take a look um, at uh, some of the things which are going on uh, where you are. Um, a declaration next year will either bring an election, a victory, prison or assassination. Who, why, when, where and what? Jair Bolsonaro, our favourite president of Brazil, uh, with yet another outlandish statement. Uh, I guess we shouldn't be surprised by by this point, but actually uh, there's always a, subset, a subtext to these things. And really with that, he's kind of alluding to, in a Trumpian way, to the deep state, to the worry. What he's suggesting is that if he doesn't win, then there's going to be some kind of subterfuge that takes place, some kind of machinations which either arrest him or maybe even lead to his assassination. And of course, a lot of it is about him knowing that he is tanking in the polls. He's currently 20 points behind Lula da Silva, who is likely to be his, his, um, his opposing candidate in next year's presidential elections and he's trying to get out his his core support and in particular his core support for some nationwide uh, demonstrations in support of the president which are going to happen in a, in a week's time in response to the widespread nationwide protests against his uh, government which have been taking place for the last few months in particular because of covid and the current state of the economy in brazil and let's talk a little bit about COVID, uh, because we're seeing um, that although I think we'd all like this thing to be over, uh, it's very clear that uh, there's a discussion, certainly in this country, about whether boosters are going to be required and what the government's going to do about it. Uh, there's certainly a discussion uh, elsewhere about um, vaccine take up. And then also, certainly in North America, there seems to be a surge in cases. So um, what's the latest where you are in terms of case numbers and, and whether or not it's still a thing or whether we've, we've moved on? It's very much still a thing. I mean, where I am in, in Mexico at the moment, uh, we've currently got some of the highest caseloads since this whole thing began. And certainly more broadly in Latin America, that continues to be the case. The thing that's really changed over the course of the last few months is the death rate. The death rate is significantly down on what it was this time last year, but the case rate is way up on, on what it was even a few months ago. Um, vaccine rates to, are uh, relatively okay, I guess, if you, if you consider what was being expected across across the region. In Brazil, still not very good at all, but more broadly, I guess you've probably got an average take-up of between 30 to 40% double-jabbed individuals in most significant countries um, in the region. But, but as I say, case numbers not coming down by... By any stretch of the imagination, I think also most leaders now, most governments uh, have basically kind of married themselves to, or wedded themselves to a, a, a context in which economies have to open and that we've just got to kind of or they've just got to kind of push along, hoping for the best, not knowing quite what's around the corner. Is it over? By no stretch of the imagination here. Um, and it's it's look it's going to be the, the the story that keeps on uh, coming back to haunt us, and I'm sure that uh, there will be further discussions and further objections to various different government um, uh, lockdowns or otherwise. I mean, it's really fascinating how different countries around the world have responded to this, uh, and I, I don't think there's any particular government or country that uh, can sing its um, praises, I suppose, right from the top. But let's talk about. Uh, the impact of the UK Supreme Court. I'm fascinated by this. Why on earth is the Supreme Court giving a ruling on whether Venezuelan gold reserves 
which are in the Bank of England belong to the government or not of Venezuela. I, what on earth is going on? And if you look at it more closely, even stranger is the fact that the the two different um, uh, bodies in this court case with the Supreme Court of the UK are the Guaido Board of the Central Bank of Venezuela versus the Maduro Board of the Central Bank of Venezuela. So you've got the Central Bank of Venezuela appealing against the Central Bank of Venezuela. And of course, the fundamental issue here is who is the president of Venezuela? Um, we have a, a de facto president, uh, Nicolas Maduro, whether people like it or not, in Venezuela, whether people like it or not. He won the elections. Was there subterfuge? Absolutely. Did, was that enough to mean that he shouldn't have won? Who knows? But then you've got this, this other interim president, Juan Guaido, that is recognized by the UK, who's appointed his own board. And he says that the board in Venezuela shouldn't be allowed to use the $1 billion dollars of gold reserves that's currently in the Bank of England for those purposes. So you've got this 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 massive disagreement at the centre of which is who is the president, who is the rightly governing body of Venezuela, and it's gone bizarrely right to the top uh, legal jurisdiction in the UK. Absolutely fascinating case that the UK is uh, presiding over that, but I guess that demonstrates the the international nature of politics and how important it is to have governments recognised and all this sort of business. Uh, just finally to you, John, before we let you go, um, in terms of the impact of of everything that's going on, I'm assuming that tourism is still right down. Um, how much of an impact is that having in South America? Tourism is um, almost non-existent. From a European context, from a North American context, it's still pretty active. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't really active about six months ago, but certainly it's picked up now. And as you know and have reported on your on your on your show, the U.S. response to to COVID by citizens and government has been very different to the European response. And so there's still fairly uh, free flowing movement between the U.S. and Mexico. And the U.S. for sure is one of the major uh, tourist benefactors to uh, to this country and to Latin America more. More broadly, our numbers down. Absolutely. Has it had a massive effect on the economies and the lives and the wherewithal and the health of, of people in, in Mexico more broadly? Uh, for sure. But you would, you would be surprised, I think, given what we see on the, uh, you know, on our newsstands and in our news programs, the fact that actually tourism, tourist rates currently in Mexico, uh, are, are, are not non-existent. They are actually relatively healthy. There we go. Thank you very much indeed for updating us on everything that's going on where you are. That's John Bonfiglia, who's Talk Radio's Latin American correspondent. Much appreciated. So, 